Well, welcome to the Story of Hope podcast, where we are sharing the story of how Bible translation brings hope to the people groups of the world. My name is Esther. I am the lead singer of the band Eversmith. We've been working with Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand for over a decade now as their musical ambassadors. And we're here today with my co-host... Hi, I'm Alex Winslade. Um, I work at Wycliffe Bible Translators here in New Zealand. Um, and today we are being joined by Hannah Prince. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a new member to Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand, uh, which is really exciting. And I am currently living in Auckland, studying at uh, Laidlaw College, which is a Bible college. And um, yeah, before this, I was living in Wellington where I studied at Victoria University and I did my undergraduate degree there majoring in linguistics and TESOL, teaching English just because of mm. other languages. So. Yeah. And fun fact, we actually had a class at university <laughs> yeah. together in Wellington. So, oh, <laughs> so cool. that's where I first met Alex. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I'm from Wellington originally, but I haven't been there for a long time. So Wellington is the yeah. glue that brings us all together, yeah. other, yes. other than Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, we have a practice of praying for five nations every week and in every time we do this podcast. And this week we're praying for Sierra Leone, Singapore, St. Martin and Slovakia and Slovenia. So Hannah, if you would pray, lead us in praying for these nations, that would be awesome. Yeah, cool. uh, let's pray. Um, our Father in heaven, yeah, you're the Lord of heaven and earth. And we lift up these five nations to you today. I uh, lift up to you, Sierra Leone, which is ranked one of the poorest countries in the world. So hear our prayers. Have mercy on this nation Lord, and on the people. They are suffering from poverty, widespread diseases, and and we pray that you stir the hearts of Christians, Lord, to help address these needs and just to bring the love and light of Christ to these suffering people. Uh, we also lift up to you, Singapore. We give you praise for the growth of the church there and the positive impact the church has in Singapore. And, yeah, we pray that you just bless bless the church there and, yeah, what they're doing in their communities. We lift up to you, St. Martin, and uh, just pray for spiritual awakening there and, uh, yeah, stir people's hearts to... Turn to you, Lord, and we lift up Slovakia to you and pray for this nation that's had such a strong foundation of Christianity, but which is now declined as people stop coming to churches. But we ask, Holy Spirit, that you breathe new life into the church and bring people back to you. And finally, we lift up Slovenia to you and pray that uh, you would raise up more workers for the harvest field that you'd provide for pastors so they can continue their work there and that you would raise up people to share the good news with those around them and in their communities so that many more people can come to know you. And yeah. So we pray the Lord be exalted in these nations. Thank you for your steadfast love and your faithfulness that endures forever. So just praise you and all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Yeah, well, we like to start with some icebreaker questions um, for you, Hannah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the first one we have is quite a tricky one, I think. Um, is would you rather have the ability to <clears throat> travel anywhere in an instant, or to speak any language you can hear? Yeah, this was <laughs> this was a hard one. I had to think about it. Um, I think for me, I thought about the traveling one, and I thought actually I. Often, you know, it's like the journey. I actually enjoy the journey of getting mm. somewhere that's all part of it. So I wouldn't want to, like, give that up. And, I mean, the language one would be pretty cool. You can save so much time. Like, it takes so much time learning a language, like, years and years of effort. And it could just be, like, mm. but, um, yeah, so probably that one. Although, yeah, I guess there's a lot of learning that you miss out on if you don't, uh, if you just are able to pick up the language immediately, like, there's a lot of relationships that probably develop as you learn the language too. So it's true. There's yeah. <laughs> pros and cons to both sides. I appreciate your it, deep, yeah. <laughs> your <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep dive into the pros <laughs> and cons. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a, oh, yeah. Because I thought it would be a giveaway since we're both kind of linguistic. You'd be like, oh, easily speak a language. But yeah. that's so true that there's so much in the learning process that you would miss. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool just to be able to communicate to like anyone. Yeah. Like, That's such a thoughtful mm-hmm. response. I kind of, I, one of the things that I thought was very cool about this question is I anticipate that we'll be able to do both in heaven. So it's mm. like a future potential reality where we'll just right. in an instant be able to go anywhere, kind of like Philip when um he just was randomly transported (laughs) and then um and then i mean i think jesus communicates with all of us already in every language like he he communicates Mm. with each of us and scripture says that we will be as he is when we come to the Mm. fullness um so I'm, i'm guessing that includes relationally being able to relate in all the different languages um certainly mm-hmm. revelation 21 highlights that every language will be present in heaven so you know that, yeah. that I, I think it's a future reality that we actually get to do both which is kind of cool yeah <laughs> <That is> cool. <laughs> but, but i really really appreciate your um your very thoughtful answer i hadn't really thought about the cons so much yeah. of those <laughs> yeah very cool yeah yeah. Um, so I think you mentioned when you haven't that you actually spent a lot of your life in Thailand yes. so far. Um, so I wanted to ask if there's anything that you came across or experienced in Thailand that you sort of wish was in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this. I think well, one of my favorite, well, this is one of my favorite festivals, I guess, that they have in Thailand. And it's the Thai New Year. Mm-hmm. And this is, which is usually around April. And, well, there's two reasons why. One is, I don't know if you've heard of this, but Chiang Mai has, like, one of the biggest water fights in the world. Oh. Thai New Year. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> if you ever go to Chiang Mai around that time, yeah, you don't want to miss it. It's so much fun. Oh. And especially around, like, the old uh, part of the city. And there's, like, people just everywhere on the side of the streets with, like, big buckets of water and kind of just splashing or like people with water guns, people on the back of trucks where it's, you know, not illegal there, but they all sit on the back of their like trucks or utes with these big um, 
containers of water just splashing you sometimes and there's ice in it that's a bit less than fun oh. but it's, yeah it's a lot of fun um that wow. is so cool yeah <laughs> it's pretty cool oh my gosh yeah, I now have a new bucket list that. item <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to the top of my list be in Chiang Mai yeah. in April <laughs> for the yeah. big water fight <laughs> that is so rad yeah wow that's so cool <laughs> yeah the other reason that i like it is um we do they have a kind of tradition of like blessing blessing their elders too mm-hmm. and we kind of did this or adapted it at our school to where we um it's like the yeah your elders your parents or grandparents will sit sit and you they have like a bowl of water and you just kind of pour the water over their hands and kind of bless them and then they also give you a blessing in return and we did this with our teachers at school I remember we all like lined up and would go kind of one after the other on our knees up to the teacher they were sitting and just was a chance to like thank them and really like honor them I guess so that was a really beautiful part of it too that we could do that wow yeah that's precious interesting because um in the Ten Commandments the the first commandment with uh with a blessing and and a promise is um, if you honor your father and your mother, you'll live a long life, right? So it's kind of cool mm. that it's like imprinted in the culture. Mm. Yeah, I was excited to um, hear your answer to this question because I think there's so much we can learn from other cultures. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now we're we've got to our main questions quote unquote I feel like those were super cool (laughs) icebreaker (laughs) questions as well but um could you tell us about your life as a missionary kid and what were your parents involved in what was it like for you yeah so I I lived in Thailand for 12 years I my parents moved there when I was six and they're still living there um so yeah they've been there for 15 years now working with Wycliffe Bible translators well and so maybe you'll hear from them sometime in the future yeah that'd be great (laughs) um, yeah so my dad is a software developer and yeah so one of the programs that he created was called is called we say and it helps like non-linguists create dictionaries in the language that's right yeah it's pretty cool and my mum is a high school math teacher yeah and she taught at the missionary school my siblings and I went to yeah. Cool. And yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess life for me felt fairly normal. Like we just kind of grew up. My parents kind of had regular like office. My dad had felt like just a regular office job, you know, going to the office and coming home at five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever. My mum was a teacher. We went to school. Um, but yeah, kind of just did normal kid things, hang out with our friends. It was mostly just in the international community. We didn't spend a lot of time immersed in like the Thai community or with Thai friends. I mean, it was around us there, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in saying this, I definitely, yeah, look back and think of the amazing experiences that I did have because I, you know, got to grow up in another country and another culture. And um, yeah, I guess one of these experiences was going to an international school where, you know, there are students from so many different countries and different experiences and, um, and yeah, just kind of learning how to interact with people from different cultures. And yeah. one kind of funny story when I was 
still quite young in third grade, which is like year four, I think. And we were doing a spelling test. And my teacher, who was American, she said the word um, ant, like A-U-N-T, oh. like American sister. And naturally, I just heard through my, my New Zealand lens, I heard ant, like the insects. So that's what I wrote. And I was so confused when I saw that I'd spelt it wrong. I was like, why did I get this wrong? And I realized, oh, she said aunt. <laughs> so that was quite funny, just learning how to understand different accents. And, uh, that was Actually, living yeah. in the States, it's super funny because it's it's not every American says ant. Um, yeah, that's true. There's like in the South a lot of, especially like the African American community, they call them like their auntie, auntie, mm. and it's so it's not like auntie like we say, but it's not auntie like others say. It's yeah. auntie, yeah. and when they first started saying it, I was like, "What's an auntie?" I thought it was like a um, like a derogatory term or something, and, <laughs> and then I realised, wait, no, that's actually really close to auntie so that's probably what they're talking yeah. about <laughs> but initially I was just like huh what the heck word is that yeah. um so I fully yeah. I fully relate to that one <laughs> um but yeah I did have another experience uh which is really cool and it was a discipleship trip I went on every year with my youth group from the church that I went to it was an expat oh. church and one of the families there had a ministry in a Muslim village down in the south of Thailand. Wow. And we, so we got to go there to the village that they worked in and we did like a English program thing at the local school there. Cool. Where we just did like games and sports and music and crafts with, with the kids. And um, I mean, that was really cool as well, getting to with another culture again and like another religion to like I hadn't really had experience or met Muslim people before so that was really cool and they yeah they're just such lovely people and there's a family in the village who kind of hosted us and like did the cooking for us and everything and um and yeah it was just an amazing experience like one thing that a lot of us took away was like we had gone there to really show them like God's love, but all of us came away with feeling so much love from these like villages and the kids. And it was just such, yeah, such a beautiful time and have such great memories of those trips. That's yeah. so cool. That reminds me of that scripture. I think it's in Proverbs is they who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I mm -hmm. have often found that like doing any kind of good work or, you know, um, mission trip or service or ministry, that like yeah the intent is to go and serve everyone but oftentimes I feel like I got the better end of the deal you mm. know <laughs> it's very yeah. very cool um I was gonna ask you did you um I'm always intrigued about people uh, who are good at math um because it's uh, like numbers it's just such a hard thing in my life like um I I, th I think that if I don't have it I it's like at least a mental block in my brain where I do um but I think I have that thing it's not d dyslexia but it's the number n the numbers one Aww. like <laughs> like people tell me a number and I'm li literally like oh wait let me just get every number <laughs> backwards um Aww. it just doesn't they like numbers don't work in my brain so my question is do uh with a mum who is 
a, a math teacher did you inherit that or did you miss out on that no, Jean? No. <laughs> my brother did but uh, yeah gotcha not, not so much yeah my, my dad is a math teacher as well oh, okay. um and i was just gonna say when i was younger I, I think i did inherit some of his maths brain but i also really liked arts and language and it wasn't till i got to university and i was doing syntax and i kind of clicked like why my brain is kind of good at math and language because I can kind of view language as like almost like a math problem when I'm like figuring out the logic of it. Like I kind of like that aspect of it. Oh, that's cool. I have to have math as part of my life just because of music. But, um, and I I actually did really well at math in, in school because I understood formula really well, but like just simply adding in my brain it doesn't work because I always that just the numbers go weird mm-hmm. um whereas my dad and my brother they can just like you tell them any series of numbers and they usually can tell you like immediately like what that adds to or is multiplied to wow. what they're just very very quick and so I was always like oh. quite jealous <laughs> about <Yeah>. that ability <laughs> anyway sorry I totally derailed that but um <laughs> so I love those stories about your upbringing and I'm wondering um how you think your upbringing has shaped who you are today yeah well definitely a big part is my identity as a third culture kid which I think both of you could can relate to as well where it's like I'm not fully Kiwi or you know my identity but I'm not like Thai yeah either but I have yeah like bits of both and it's all yeah formed a new kind of identity and it's also but also in that finding comfort I guess or encouragement in my identity in Christ as well and that this is um we can be anywhere in the world, but still be united, especially with like other believers in our um, identity as yeah followers of Jesus, and that having this like heavenly home as well to look forward to, and that kind of if I ever felt like I didn't really fit in when I came back to New Zealand or whatever, I kind of was encouraged by that thought as well. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Like, you, it kind of shapes your identity here on Earth as a third culture kid, but also your identity in Christ. And yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, so now we know that you're a you know, Wycliffe member, but how did you first become interested in and sort of feel called to Bible translation? Yeah, so my, as I mentioned, my parents are with Wycliffe Bible Translators, so it has kind of been something that's just been there in the background all along and it really has been quite a very natural progression to I guess I I discovered from an early age that I loved learning languages like I picked up Thai and really enjoyed that and I had the opportunity to learn at school and then in high school I also picked up um, Mandarin Chinese as a challenge I thought to myself I was like this will be fun um, but I, yeah, that's I, great. I, I'm not yeah, sure that everyone. everyone <laughs> I'm not sure everyone thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was definitely one aspect. And then growing in my love for God's word, I think just being in an environment where it's surrounded by people who love God and His word, and I had so many amazing opportunities. You know, like Bible class at school and Sunday school and. Um, like youth groups and Bible study groups at school and there's so many different 
like ways that I yeah had access to learning more about the Bible and about God and so it became yeah the Bible became alive to me personally not just another like book that was read but yeah and and it just came about one day I think just pondering what I could do you know after high school and all that and my dad just casually mentions like oh you could do Bible translation I was like I thought about it yeah, Bible translation, like, that's what I want to do. Like, it just kind of makes sense putting these things together, my, yeah, love for languages and love for God's word. And I was like, and it just kind of, it just stuck with me. It was like a seed that was planted and just kind of, yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> so I guess awesome. since that seed was planted, has there been any sort of experiences that have kind of grown that passion for Bible translation? Yeah, I, I think definitely more recently as well as I've just heard stories it's really stories that inspire me and seeing how God's word has transformed people as they receive you know receive it in their mother tongue and their heart language and it, that just really yeah inspires me I guess and in, in to yeah as I move forward that's awesome yeah I love that so much and it's cool how, like, it's amazing how it's not a given that you can grow up in that environment and want to do it. Um, you know, like, not everyone who grows up as a missionary kid wants to be a missionary and not every person that grows up, you know, doing, I mean, I mean, I, I definitely think that most pastors kids have a really, really hard time <laughs> um, figuring out what they want to do and whether fighting within themselves about whether they want to follow in the footsteps of ministry or do their own thing or, or that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's always really cool when you do see that generational thing happen where you have one generation and then it, it passes on to the next. And a, lo- a lot of times when that does happen, it's really amazing how that sort of generational blessing grows and you have like, you know, one generation did one thing and then the next generation were able to do so much more so I'll be praying that that's the reality in your life like not to one up your parents or anything but just you know we're always believing for (laughs) the furthering of the gospel right and so yeah Yeah. I'm just gonna pray that over your life and believe that that generational um, blessing would flow in in your family it would be such a cool legacy Um, could you tell us about one time you've experienced God's hand in your life yeah, so I yeah, definitely experienced this in quite a big way. Um, yeah, so this is a story. Um, it was 30th of September 2017. I was still living in Thailand at the time in my last year of high school. And I was riding my bicycle home from school. And I was, yeah, just on... Uh, the kind of last stretch of road before I would get into the entrance to the neighborhood where my house was. And then suddenly, like, just bam, next thing I knew, I was on the road, like on the ground. My leg was in a lot of pain. I didn't know what had happened, but I had been hit by a car going like 70 kilometers an hour. It had just swerved into my lane and just hit me and kept driving. And yeah, it's a miracle. I'm still alive really wow. um even yeah my uncle who's a road safety engineer said there was like such a small chance that anyone could have like survived that 
like just that impact, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just so many more like miracles that we see God's hand all through that as we kind of look back on it. And even just from, uh, the, there was Thai ladies who came over who saw, you know, what had happened and were able to call my mum. I was kind of conscious enough. I was telling them my mum's phone number in wow. Thai. I was like, call <laughs> my mum, this is her phone number. You know? And she was able to come and she made it in time for the ambulance. They called the ambulance as well. And she made it just in time to get on the ambulance with me and tell them like which hospital to go to where she knew I'd get like the best mm-hmm. treatment or the best. Um, so we went there and then also, yeah, I mentioned my leg, also my, but like my whole upper body was like unharmed. It was all wow. like totally fine. My head was fine, had no concussion or anything. Wow. It was just, seemed, yeah, concentrated in my right side specifically, like my right leg and my right foot. And that was another miracle that they, my foot had actually been like 75% severed and they thought they would have to like amputate it. But they had managed to call in a skilled like foot surgeon who wow. um, who came in specifically to like do work on my foot and they were able to save it. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So it's yeah, it's still been a long road of recovery mm-hmm. since that point, and I. Um, but that uh, through that experience, I mean, it was really, I really grew. I guess, or strengthen my relationship with God because I really, I had to learn to trust him and what was going to happen. Like a lot of times I was in the hospital, just did struggle with worrying like, Oh, what's going to happen? Am I ever going to be able to like walk again without crutches or like, cause the doctors didn't know they thought I would. And I'm a living testimony. Like I'm not, I don't walk with crutches anymore. Wow. Which is (laughs) praise God for that. And, um, but yeah, really learning to trust and okay, God, like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, the plans for my life and how you're going to uh, use this. And I had yeah a lot of encouragement too, from friends and family that came in to visit and is quite, uh, yeah, powerful experience, I guess, in my own walk with God as well. <laughs> yeah. That's an amazing so yeah story of God's hand in your life and I think like you said you had to trust that he had plans for your life and I think the fact that you know he miraculously worked things out for you to be here shows that he does have great plans for your life and yeah you're gonna do amazing things but thanks for sharing that yeah that's intense I got hit by a semi-truck on the freeway I was in a car though um, at the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and I fully understand and appreciate just how surviving something like that um, impacts your faith in such a big, uh, such a big level. And afterward, I had, I would every time I would drive on the freeway, I would have these intense flashbacks. Every time I saw a semi truck, and like the PTSD part of it was really weird. And I've never been a person who's really had like anxiety in any way, or um, or panic attacks or anything. And suddenly, I was that person. And it's it's wild, just like how a crash, and you like 
there's so many obvious things that come with that in terms of, you know, you got hit, so it hurts, and then you have to recover from that. But the mental recovery and the spiritual <laughs> elements and all of that sort of thing are, are the unseen part of it, but it's such an incredible walk with Jesus when you give it to him. Um, so I love that story so much. And I had such a, a similar experience of his goodness in the middle of it. It's funny, hey? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess jumping back to Bible translation, um, <laughs> how do you see the role of Bible translation, I guess, in relation to the Great Commission? Yeah, um, well, the Great Commission, Jesus is telling his disciples to go out to all nations, and um, that's what... Um, Bible translation seeks to do, I think, is to see not just all nations, but all languages, all like peoples, yeah. to re- receive God's word in their language and to hear the good news um, in their own language so that they know, yeah, that um, I think, yeah, I don't have much more of an answer than that, but yeah, that's kind of the core of the, yeah. Yeah, it is pretty central to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially when he said go and make disciples, not just converts. And yeah, right. he, he also yeah. said he also said you are my disciples indeed if you continue in my word. So how are you going to be a disciple yeah. without the word, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. I think that is actually yeah, yeah. That's actually cool about Bible translation as well, is because it is such a long process. It's yeah. like yeah, you are investing time into yeah, like discipling as well, and right. they're with you on that whole journey and. Yeah. 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 Like to me, the word disciple sort of implies relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, like there's the relationship that we make, you know, as people who translate the Bible, but also translating the Bible into someone's language allows them to have a personal relationship with God, yeah. I think, as yeah. opposed to just being like a knowledge about Him. But right. when you sort of read it in a language that your heart kind of responds to, it's like, oh, it's a personal God and yeah. I can have a relationship with Him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so good. It, yeah, it might feel like that was just a simple answer, but it's like the perfect answer. <laughs> it's the yeah. answer, really. Yeah. So it's great. It's great. Um, well, what are you doing now, Hannah? Um, I know you kind of touched on it that you're in Auckland, but yes. um, yeah. uh, what are you doing and what would you? where would you like to be in five years? Yep, so I am doing a graduate diploma of theology at Laidlaw College here in Auckland, and it's a one-year program I'm studying full-time and mostly, yeah, focusing on biblical studies, like learning how to do exegesis and things like that. So it's quite a lot of fun getting to interact more deeply with particular passages and just seeing it all comes together. Um, Yeah, and then... As to where I'd like to be in five years, uh, it's kind of definitely hard for me to see I that far ahead. I definitely hold my plans quite loosely, but I know, yeah, God will lead me. But I would like to be in Asia working towards Bible translation, whether that's, I don't know, still language learning or uh, whether it's um, helping make a written language, like some language groups don't even have a written yeah. form, it's just spoken, um, or whether it's actually starting the work of Bible translation, I don't know, but yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah. And it's awesome that you've come up to Auckland to do laid law because then yeah. you'll be here with us in person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, not us in she's quite <laughs> far away. <but> yeah. <laughs> I'm there in spirit, as Paul would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, um, does, is there anything that you've learned, I guess, since inquiring with and joining with with? Um, anything that you sort of wish others knew? Um, well, I guess this is something that I've I've learned and could be um, useful for others too. But or just kind of realizing more of the actual process of Bible translation. Like even growing yeah, with I mean, my family was with Wycliffe Bible translators, but I had quite a simplistic view, I guess, like, oh, you just go out and do Bible translation. But mm-hmm. it's been really interesting to me, like, learning about more of the uh, process, like, as I mentioned, like, maybe they need a written language and then, like, literacy development, like, teaching them to read yeah. and then all these things before even starting yeah, yeah. Bible translation. And then it's, so it's, like, more than just, I mean, yes, that's the important thing. That's what they're there for is translating about, but there's, uh, like, so much more than that as well in like helping these people yeah um especially in a lot of places it's hard like there's um oh, what like languages just dying out because they're not being used more but um so hoping to kind of grow that help people like appreciate their language and their culture and, and well especially that god you know made their language and their culture and he yeah, loves that too. So, yeah. yeah, we actually have a project here in the US where we're um, working with native people groups. Most of the Native American people groups and their languages don't have scripture. Um, they either only have portions or they have nothing. Then um, that's for the majority of like the five hundred plus wow. languages here, and then. Um, we just recently learned that um, the Cherokee Nation, which they're one of the larger um, Native American people groups, they only have 2,000 speakers left in the world. So um, we're, they, they are very, very concerned about reinvigorating that with all of their people and they've got a lot of programs happening but we're looking to partner with all of that to see that happen because it's yeah once you hear that that's happening it's like oh no we need to do something about it (laughs) so yeah very cool yeah definitely i was also going to say um i love that answer as well about the process of Bible translation, like every single different person that we've had on the podcast, especially those who are on the field, um, has yeah. highlighted a different element of Bible translation that I never even thought about. Like I think we had Mark yeah. Penny on and he mentioned a program yeah. that they have on phones so that, you know, um, people that might persecute them for having the Bible on their phone wouldn't be able to tell that the Bible was on their phone. Yeah. Like, what a cool concept. Yeah. That, and I had yeah. no idea that that could possibly be part of the work of Bible translation. And it's really, really opened my mind to like what's possible and what's um, needed even. Like, I there's just so many things that you don't think about when you just hear Bible translation, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. it's so vast and um, all-encompassing in, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, very, very cool. Um, well, 
Our final question for you is how can people support you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think at this stage, just um, prayer, especially as I yeah, just carry out my studies at Laidlaw and um, I think that's, that's the main thing at the moment, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And if people want to get in touch more about how they can support you, yeah. email us, we can put things down in the description, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will definitely do that. Make sure that people are following you and seeing what can happen. Do you have like social media and stuff? Yep, I do. I don't post on it a lot, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, if people want to, they can follow you. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I will be um, at some point starting a newsletter and stuff as well to awesome. have more regular updates so they can yeah get email me or get in touch with me and I'll cool. Cool. We'll get that information yeah. from you and make sure it's up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so cool just to hear your experience through from, you know, living in Thailand to what you're doing now and just to hear your heart for it. Um, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, for, yeah, everyone else listening, uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, um, and we have another episode coming out every month. So thanks for watching, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>